Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and I am joined once again by Jamie. Hello. And as advertised last week, um, our discussion this week will be on the Netflix original Sex Education. Um, So if you haven't watched it, pause this podcast and binge watch (laughs) eight hours worth of... (laughs) the show because we are discussing the entire first season and the episodes do average around 50 minutes per episode so you know with pauses for snack breaks and peeing you know an hour per episode (laughs) and if you want to be extra diligent like madison and myself you can watch the series twice and in (laughs) in 16 hours (laughs) two and a half days i watched it all eight episodes two times so i am like super prepared for this podcast there you go (laughs) see the problem was and this is not a problem really but i liked the show so much that i watched all eight episodes the first time in one day like i just couldn't (laughs) i stayed up until after midnight to finish it i couldn't stop watching it and so then i had to rewatch it a second time because i hadn't taken any notes or like (laughs) paid attention to any of the details that i really wanted to discuss so i had to go back through that and watch it a second time um so I think you'll all like it. You know, it's it's funny, but it's also kind of, you know, serious in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and it, it hits on a lot of points that I like. <laughs> me too. Points that make me happy um, that they that they bring to the forefront. So, <clears throat> yes. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> initial initial reactions to the show, I think, were positive for both of us. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, the first time I watched it, I had a similar experience of just binge watching through, <laughs> but uh, but it definitely did not deter me from watching it again. You know, in order right. to prepare for this episode, and it was kind of the quirky, uh, fun high schoolish drama, or I guess sixth form drama that I was <laughs> looking for that right. I didn't know I needed in my life, but that I did need. You know? And we should mention, if you haven't watched it, it is a British one, which yes. just hit home for both of us because we <laughs> love British shows yeah, so we're much. Just, <laughs> we're just slight Anglophiles, I guess. <laughs> and there, it has been confirmed there will be a season two of this, so go ahead and get attached to all the characters <laughs> and their storylines because it's not going away. <laughs> yes. And before we even delve into any of the points you want to discuss, I just want to say that I was surprisingly... like invested in all of the actors acting like it was all very well like you know how sometimes you get like this random actor like for me they all seemed very believable and like they portrayed each of their sort of struggles very well yeah and i was just really impressed so shout out to all of the actors i know you're all listening (laughs) yes and and all the writers as well because i think that This, as far as like, I can't think of another show that talks about as many important topics in one show as this one does, because it really looks at a lot of different lifestyles and kind of shows how, well, like what the challenges are with them, basically. And usually shows tend to focus on just maybe like one or two or three at the most. And this one, it really, I've got like a whole list of like, you know. all these like minor characters even it like really shows like the struggles that you go through especially like in high school you know and but not also not limited to just high school um so yeah definitely impressed with the writing and the creation of the characters for this show exactly and as you were saying there are definitely other sort of teen drama shows out there that try to portray some of the things mentioned here but i felt like it was still like everything was sort of done in a fresh way and right it didn't feel on a whole all too cliche for me it was pretty no, no, pretty good not at all. i didn't i didn't really think it was that cliche at all and i, I think yeah. that a lot about high school dramas and i'm just like oh <laughs> like the only thing that maybe i thought was they went a little bit too far and maybe it was a little unrealistic of like how many kids seem to be having sex at this yeah. high school <laughs> okay this is in college and like what kind of rules exist that kids can just fuck on the lawn and nobody <laughs> notices 
Jesus or cares. <laughs> like that that like was a little bit unrealistic. Yeah. Um, but besides that, I thought everything was pretty well done. And maybe the rules are a little more laxed in Britain than they are here. <laughs> I <laughs> you mean, get away with like fucking on the entryway to the school. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, that was a bit much. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that was episode one, right? Yeah, like right away, there's it's like, oh, people are just having sex over there, um, like the walkway up to the school, and I'm like, I don't really think that would happen in very many places. No, but, that's highly unlikely. So I did think that maybe they, but I don't know, maybe it it's more you're more likely to be having sex in high school in Britain. Maybe you know the age is younger there where people are getting it on, but I think. At least in like the town I grew up in, yeah. this, that many people were not having sex in high school. I mean, people were definitely doing it, but not like rabbits everywhere. <laughs> right. Well, and towards the end, Otis also says to Lily that <laughs> there's this perception that everyone is having sex, but in, right. you know, really, there are a lot of people who aren't. So, That's of course, true. to make the show interesting, they had to show us all of the people who who are know, having sex. who are, <laughs> and then most of which will ultimately figure in some of the therapy sessions with well, Otis, you know? Right. You kind of have to focus on the kids that are having sex in order for the <laughs> yeah. show to work because Otis takes on this, like, persona of a high school sex therapist. Right. Which is interesting. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> that I... That happens. And I love... The thing that I love about this is that, you know, Otis does take on that role because he has the experience of listening to his mother all the time you know, doing her different therapy stuff. Right. And we only see, like, one scene where he's actually, like, listening outside the door or the vent. But um, presumably he's heard this a lot. But, and, like, uh, for years probably exactly. he's just heard different things. And probably she says them to him as well, you yeah. know? Yeah, because it seems like he's aware of, like, what everyone's issues are. Like, right. the, the one guy who's, like, sleep, sleeping with his mother, he's like, ah, this is, like, the person with mother issues and stuff. Right. The um, Oedipus complex. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like that uh, Otis is struggling with sexuality in a different way that I don't think is often portrayed on TV. Right, or in series, yeah. uh, namely that he's disgusted by any thought of like sexual contact or self pleasure or like anything, yeah. you know. And I think that was an inter- interesting way to sort of go into that, even yeah. though, you know. And I think it's a little different, like, you know, I think at first I assumed it was just sort of like an asexuality thing that they were going to be playing with. Mm-hmm. But as we know, it sort of turns out to be his mother and father sort of like fucked him up a little bit because (laughs) well i think that his father was probably in the same line of work as his mother so he kind of grew up with two like sex and relationship therapists as parents (laughs) so like i can see how that might mess you up (laughs) yeah exactly which is kind of funny that his father is also a therapist and yet there's a scene where he's like giving his son advice over Skype because his yeah. son's like, when did you lose your virginity? And uh, Remy, the dad is like, Oh, it was at, you know, f- after 15th birthday and you just need to get it over and done with, like, just go out there and like sleep with someone. And I'm like, right. do you not, do you not know your son? Because that's clearly not the well, answer to his problem. <laughs> I think that the answer is no, he doesn't know his son. Uh, he, yeah. You know, after, I think that after they got divorced, he moved to the States. He doesn't really have much contact with his son other than Skyping and maybe they visit in person once a year or so, but probably he really doesn't know right. his son at all, you know? Right, and it seems like he's kind of reluctant to Skype with Otis anyway, because Gene was like, can you please, you know, Skype him? Right, yeah, kind of, you know, the... Not not the, um, like, Maeve situation where her father completely left the picture, but, like, kind of doesn't really care much if he's in the picture, you know? (laughs) You know, exactly, yeah. But no, I do like, um, like, what you were saying about how Otis is the character who's... He's afraid to have sex. He's afraid to masturbate. He's kind of disgusted by both of those things. And I think that this is the first time I've seen that portrayed as like a male character because there's a lot of taboo behind like women masturbating and that being dirty and gross and taboo and you shouldn't do it. And you see that in a lot of, you know, 
fiction portrayals of that, right. but I don't know that I've ever seen it, like seen it portrayed as like, it's that was bad for a man to do it because normally it's just laughed off as something guys do, you know, like that's right. just part of their life. Um, so I, I liked that about it. <laughs> you know, me too. Yeah, it was, it was different to what we usually see. And I mean, that ultimately figures into the main plot because his mother starts writing a book about it and, right. <laughs> and yeah. stuff. But um, I did like that they did also talk about you know, the sort of aversion to female masturbation with Amy. Right. Yep. And then when he assigns her a homework of wanking. <laughs> you so know. you're prescribing a wank. <laughs> <She's> like, <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> and then she just eats all the crumpets afterwards. <laughs> I want a crumpet. Oh, that was that was one of my favorite scenes was like her discovering herself. Yeah. Oh, and I love later when after that she's like gets back with Steve and she's like, okay, so I need you to go counterclockwise with the thumb, pressing, you know, <laughs> with you your know. left thumb. <laughs> and like, start slow and then gradually get faster, but not too fast. And when I start to quiver, blow on my left ear. <laughs> I was like, damn, she really spent the day getting to know herself. <laughs> she really knows what she likes. <laughs> That oh, was man. Amy. I like Amy. She's, I love uh, Amy too. An interesting character because she's like, you kind of get the idea that she just somehow found herself friends with like the popular crowd, yeah. but like definitely is actually best friends with Maeve, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. She's just being walked on by the popular kids, but being just sort of like found places is kind of her thing though because at right. one point someone asks for an address and she's like oh I mean I just kind of show up places you know <laughs> I just sort of arrive places yeah <laughs> um, okay. but she's so funny and like a very nice a very nice person throughout and right. even things like that are kind of silly she accepts like when uh, Maeve and Otis show up and Otis is in the costume uh, for right. Hedwig and Angry Inch oh. she just looks at him she's like Oh, I love the outfit or something. You know? Yeah, yeah, she just kind of goes with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that costume, yeah, let's talk about my favorite character. Okay. <laughs> Who is Eric? I yeah. absolutely love him and his whole storyline, and I yeah. cried multiple times <laughs> throughout the whole season with his development and the things that he goes through. Um, I definitely think that. They're leaning more toward. I don't. I don't think they're going to have Eric be transgender, but I think they're going to have him be like a non-binary character who might ultimately even start using the they/them pronouns. Um, okay. I I can see them kind of going in that direction with it because I don't think he's just cross-dressing either. You know, I think yeah. it's more of like he's he finds his gender to be somewhere in between. Sure. You know, male and female. Um, and oh, I just, I just love everything about him. And when he gets, when he gets punched because he's dressed up for the con- that, what is the name of that concert? Uh, so or it's movie. Yeah, it's, it's Hedwig and the Angry Inch. <laughs> All right, I'm assuming yeah. it's like the British version of Rocky Horror Picture Show, <laughs> like uh, some cult movie where that's very like yeah, popular in, in the LGBT community, where you dress up and you go and see the movie kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a way. <clears throat> Um, have you ever seen it? I have, and I'm trying to oh, remember okay. exactly what the plot is. I know, like, at one point, the main character, Hedwig, there's, like, some sort of botched circumcision or something, and I think oh. her the penis is, like, cut off and there remains only an inch, and so that's oh. why it's the angry inch. And then I think at one point, Hedwig is, like, raised as a girl until she's an okay. adult. I forget how it works. I need to watch it again. I think I watched that when I was like 17 right. I think but well this is this makes it even make more sense as to why Eric loves it for me <laughs> <laughs> right so yeah. I, I think that it, they're gonna develop his character more in the second season and I definitely can see them having him start to use like they them pronouns yeah. and identifying non as like non-binary um yeah. no I, I love think, go ahead Sorry. I think that's like the direction they're heading with him yeah um so and I, I just, oh, I love him so yeah. much. <laughs> no, I, I really loved seeing his um, transformation and sort of evolution throughout the series, too. Like, you know, he starts out as, like, obviously in, in a sort of openly gay, semi-flamboyant uh, right. guy. Semi-flamboyant? <laughs> like, they go all out, like, playing on the stereotypes of, like, the flamboyant yeah. kid. <laughs> but, um, but it was interesting to see him 
you know, after being assaulted for being dressed as uh, Hedwig, it's, you know, he goes through a moment of doubt and really tries to be, you know, present as like hyper masculine and becomes really aggressive and stuff. But, you know, it's, it's, you can just tell he's so miserable when right. he's doing that, you know, because it's not who he is. Right. And, and I think it was it was sweet that he found, he refound himself through, you know, finally going to church with his family. Yeah. Like, I'm not a church-going person, but, you know, that day they just happened to be preaching about self-love. And it's like, right. who's going to love you if you don't love yourself? And I think that really spoke to him because, you know, immediately after that he gets all dolled up to go to (laughs) the thing. And even in front of his mother, which has been like a big thing throughout the series, because his dad was like, wipe that makeup off before your mother sees you. Like, you can't tell her that you were beaten up. Like, wipe the dog shit off the car. You know, like... (laughs) Keep it it secret from your mother, yeah. And and I liked that development, too, that we... Well, I, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of clear throughout that the dad is... Well, maybe at the beginning, you're not sure why the dad is being like that. But right. then as it progresses, you start to see that the dad is just sort of worried for Eric. Right. And he ultimately admits that. And Eric's like, you need to not be af- afraid for me because it's just making everything worse. Like, right. let yeah. me be myself. And that was one of my quotes that I really liked. He was like, oh, maybe I'm, you know, what I'm learning. Uh, wow. Maybe I'm just learning <laughs> from my brave son or something. Yeah. And and I, I definitely thought, like, at the beginning, they were going to go the route where it was, like, the unaccepting father. And, yeah. like, maybe even Eric hadn't come out to him as even gay yet, you know. Um, he's clearly out of school, but I thought maybe he wasn't out to his family. Um, but I think that, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's made clear at the end that the father's not unaccepting of his lifestyle so much as he's just afraid yeah. that if he chooses to live like this, he's going to, you know, get hurt he's gonna get you know, like he already got punched once simply for you know dressing up for for the Hedwig show yeah Hedwig and the angry inch um so I I liked that because I was kind of afraid that they were going to you know make the father an unaccepting character and we already have one asshole unex- like a cruel father in this show I didn't think we needed another one right <laughs> But, no, um... yeah, it was an interesting play on it because I think that's very much how it presents in like the first or second episode, and then there's a sort of like evolution of that. And I, yeah, yeah, because I think stereotypically we would have someone who's unaccepting, but I think it's ultimately more realistic. I hope among uh, parents to be afraid for their child right. in that situation. You know, I think that is like a healthy response not anger right. well yeah yeah <clears throat> especially after you know your kid was already punched once you right. know and then he's getting dressed up to go out again like that you know i can i can understand where the fear would come from but he is he lets him do it you know he drives him to the school yeah. and they have their moment and it's lovely and yeah i just and I, when they because like Otis and him had had that huge fight beforehand, and when Otis asks um, Eric to dance at the at the ball, yeah. I just like I was bawling. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" I knew. It. Yeah, so I think cute. the first. I think the first time I watched, it, I definitely Literal was shedding tears. tears. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Well, and I didn't notice it until the second watch, but that song was a request, and Eric is like, "Oh, I love this song." So yeah. you know, Otis clearly requested the song so that he could go ask him to dance. Yeah. Yeah. You saw, yeah, Otis sees him walk in and then he gets up, um, Otis does, and like walks away. So like he clearly went and requested that song as like an apology. Yeah. Um, and oh, it's so sweet. Ah, and... I love their relationship. That's just so. Me too. And it's. Such I, a good friendship. And I like the sort of realistic nature of it too, because after Otis and Maeve start up the clinic, there's no real place in that for Eric. Like yeah. he can maybe hear about the cases, I guess, but you know, he's not, he can't run anything because it's kind of done on the down low between Maeve and Otis. Right. And so I can, it, it's interesting. And I think Jean is portrayed as being perceptive too, because quite early on, she's like, you know, it's hard when other people find different interests, like right. find something that you like, you know? Yeah. Um, and he goes to swing band, which is interesting. But... <laughs> well, and I think that it's kind of, yeah, and in a way it's stereotypical that like when a guy, two guys are friends and one of them like starts being interested in a girl, he kind yeah. of starts 
ditching his guy friend to like hang out with the girl more when she wants to do things which is how you know he ended up kind of abandoning eric on his birthday was because mave wanted him to do something um for her and he chose mave over eric in that way obviously not realizing what the results would be for eric but um you know he assumed eric would just get home safely but he doesn't um well and in a way it's it's kind of interesting because Eric is the person in the first place who encourages uh, Otis to sort of start doing these things with Maeve. And I don't, obviously he wasn't aware of like where that would lead in their friendship. And I think it's even more unexpected because Otis is someone who's not really in touch with his sexuality and stuff. So the fact that he would up and, you know, ignore uh, Eric or anyone (laughs) over a girl is kind of like a strange sort of thing, you know? Well, and I think it shows that, like, it's not that he doesn't want to be in a relationship or have sex. It's just that he doesn't know how to make that a part of his life. You know, he's, like, too creeped out by it. But, yeah, he still wants it, you know? Exactly. Um, And I think think Eric encourages Otis to, to do it at the beginning because... Clearly, Eric is all, like, in the know about the fact that Otis can't masturbate and, like, really wants him to, you know, (laughs) be wanking it. Right. (laughs) And so, like, he's very encouraging of, like, and also, I think it's a little bit for himself, too, because Eric sees Maeve as, like, part of the popular crowd. So if Eric can get in with her, they'll be able to, you know, be on a little bit higher on the social status in in the school then, too. So it's a little bit self-serving in that way as well. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) yeah but um one of the things that you kind of get with each episode is like the new the introduction of like the new client and and the issues that that client is facing so we have like the first episode adam can't come and then you have um i can't even remember what the order they're all in but like each one kind of discusses like a new issue that is you know, a sexual issue that a high school student is having. And I think that it really, the show really speaks to the lack of sexual education in high school <laughs> that like kids are turning to other students right. for help and advice because there's clearly nobody they can go to in the school to like learn this information as to like maybe why you shouldn't take three Viagra if you're right. having you know, like that's not going to help things at all. Well, that. Uh, well, and you have to think about there, you know, they went so far as to put an episode in where someone or they actually had this sort of like sexual health day in in their regular biology right. class or chemistry or whatever it was. And all that was was like putting a condom on, a, you know, a dildo, a dildo essentially, <laughs> which I would hope that that's clear how to do. And then the other thing is labeling like a vagina picture. Right. I'm like, what? <laughs> How is that? I'm like, well, and then like that's their response to there being an outbreak of crabs or yeah, pubic lice. And I'm like, nothing that you're teaching them (laughs) is going to prevent them from getting pubic lice. No, not at all. Like, I mean, you can still get pubic lice even if you're wearing a condom. Because that's what that I thought. Cover up all your hair, that's, you know? <laughs> right. That's what I was like. This is the strangest. Just wrap response. your whole waist in cellophane or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, this isn't even going to fix the problem. So I think that it really, like, it does address that the sex education in high schools, both, both in Britain, clearly, but also in America, oh, yeah. like, it's just so lackluster yeah exactly (laughs) and like i am i am a huge i'm just gonna put this in i am a huge advocate that every high school in our country and in the world should have comprehensive sex education taught for both you know straight identifying students and for students of the lgbt community and that birth control should be free to anybody who asks for it because if a high school student comes to you and asks for condoms they're already having sex right <laughs> give them the condoms. Right. <laughs> They're gonna do it with or without it. So give them the condoms. Um, yeah, just putting that in there. <laughs> right. <I'm>, <laughs> so I think that this does like address the lack of sex education to kids, and just even the way like the headmaster can't say the word like what is it he's trying to say sanitary products or yeah. sanitary napkins or something, and he's getting all like tongue tied talking about pads and tampons. And right. I'm like, come on. <laughs> right. No, it's ridiculous. And <clears throat> half only... a year school needs those <laughs> once a month. Let's not be all weird about it. Exactly. 
Um, but it also, I think, you know, the fact that Otis is the only, apparently the only student who's, you know, ex- quote, experienced enough or has the knowledge to treat other students right. also goes with the fact that, you know, the openness and I guess profession ultimately of his mother. But yeah. I think it's very reassuring to see like a family portrayed as like some, you know, a very open family dynamic. Like Jean just wants to know everything. Right. But, she wants to know too much. <laughs> right. But on top of that, she's very open about things. Like when they go to the first party, she's like, okay, well, if you decide to do drugs, make sure you use the buddy system. And, <laughs> and then she's like, let me get you some condoms. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, that's good. I feel like, I, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if family should like be your, saying to go do drugs but you know it's, it's good to have a buddy i guess if you do but if you're now she i don't think she was encouraging them to do <laughs> right. drugs just being like if you'd make that decision make yeah. sure you're with somebody else exactly which is great which you know. oh my god that party is that was something oh my god where yeah. eric <laughs> eric is just like giving them blowjob skills <laughs> which oh, i Lord. mean he was i don't think we're to assume that he's had or given a blowjob right. at this point so he's clearly got some skills already for somebody who's never done it and like the right. two girls were really kind of clinging on to his they were, yeah. they're like all oh, right this is let me <laughs> let me write this down you know up until one of them choked on well yeah then, then things oh, got bad man. but <laughs> oh, somebody was there to perform the heimlich maneuver and you know, right so it's all fine <laughs> oh, <man>. <clears throat> yeah I guess we can talk about Adam. Well, we can. I don't love Adam. I feel well, bad for him in I some know. ways, but at the same That's... time, I don't really like him. Yeah. <laughs> so Adam, we first see him with his gigantic penis problems. Um, <laughs> his so inability to come. He can't come and then takes Viagra and then he's, you know, besieging castles, as Mike puts it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think we're supposed to get from this is of course especially the first episode is that otis isn't quite sure how to handle things yet and so he gives advice which i think is good but then he doesn't sort of help adam understand how to use that knowledge and so adam's (laughs) understanding is i'm going to go show my penis to the entire class (laughs) but i feel like there's no way he should have realistically interpreted Otis's advice as go and flash the whole (laughs) school. No, but I think he's meant to be sort of, you know, dim. Yeah, well, but even so, like, you have to be pretty dim to have interpreted Otis's advice that way. Right. Like, okay, getting up and claiming, like, oh, my dad's headmaster or whatever, you know, I can see that, but then... Or even just saying, and I have a giant dick or something. <laughs> like, actually going as far as flashing the whole school seems right. it's a, a bit, bit extreme. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I, I do think that Adam had a sort of interesting character development throughout this season. Like, he mm-hmm. is definitely starts <clears throat> as the bully who is just you know, beating on specifically Eric, but also other students. He uh, is very violent to anyone that Amy has an interest in, going so far as to break her grandmother's urn over one of their heads. (laughs) Yep. And, but, you know, we do see that he has this really tough home dynamic. His father, you know, is very uh, controlling of him, and his mother just does nothing. very clear that his mother is also afraid of the yeah. father she doesn't want to speak up to, against anything that he says right but it, it's interesting to see how his dynamic with eric sort of changes especially when eric stands up for himself yeah um because up to that point he was just very afraid of adam i think and then you know, at the dance, he finally is like, well, what are you going to do? Beat me now or later because I've got shit to do, you know? Right. And then he's like unsure. And I think observing Eric with his dad and seeing that fathers and sons can have a good relationship, like right. puts everything into perspective for him. And so it's interesting. It was an interesting choice to have Adam decide to kiss and then give a blowjob to <laughs> Eric, because I don't think, at least I, my perception is that Adam isn't an inherently, like, closeted gay character. 
I think that he's just seeking intimacy. And he, you know, at one point, Eric's like, you know, we're both losers and outcasts. We're the same. And I think after that is when he first starts getting the idea of like, maybe I can feel closer to this person because he's not rejecting me to the extent that everyone else is. Right. No, I don't I don't think that he's supposed to be the, like the stereotypical closeted gay kid. Maybe maybe he's bi, we don't know that. Yeah. But um I think that there's a part of Adam who almost wants to be Eric, like he wants to be able to yeah. be himself around everybody and have his father accept him for who he is, which is kind of what Eric is. Eric, you know, finds who he is and, you know, is himself around everybody, whether they like it or not. And his father is accepting of that. And I think when Adam sees that, like he really wants to just kind of be Eric (laughs) more so than have sex with him. Like he just kind of actually wants to be him. Um, And I'm sure those emotions kind of get confused and tangled up in his mind. Um, Yeah. But yeah. And and I feel, I feel bad for Eric in a lot of ways because like, or not for Eric, for Adam, um, because as Eric says, I can't imagine being afraid of your father, you know, like that's, that's, that's shitty, you know, that you're in a situation where your father is that cruel. Um, And I think that it, it speaks to like Eric, or sorry, I'm, their names are so similar. <laughs> I keep saying the wrong one. It speaks to the fact that like Adam is like unable to really figure out who he is because he is unaccepted by his father. Yeah. As as anybody, really. I don't think it would have mattered unless he unless Adam was Jackson, like his father wasn't going to accept him, you know? And Adam was never going to be Jackson. So right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know and then it's it's a little sweet when he they're sitting next to each other in chemistry and he tries yeah. to like have a little physical touch with eric uh but of course he gets no, sent no. away yeah, i was gonna say that storyline <laughs> ends very sadly with his father deciding to send him to military school i guess I think is, yeah. is what it is that he's getting sent off to and um yeah, I don't know that he'll even be in the next season. It's unclear yeah. at this point um, if, if he'll be coming back or not. And if he is, I expect that he'll come back kind of angrier and yeah. won't have. You know, <laughs> I don't imagine this is going to yeah, make him any better. No, I mean I can see like <laughs> if if he is back in season two, I could see Eric like reaching out if he you know somehow he'll come back the next year or whatever. Right. And Eric will like reach out, and I think he'll react really negatively to it. See, and this is like this is why I don't like Adam is because I well, I mean, one of the reasons that I don't really like the Adam character because like that is kind of Eric's first sexual experience. You know, yeah. he, he mentioned that <clears throat> excuse me that he'd given like a hand job before, but like you know this is like his yeah, first real one and a half experience. <laughs> yeah. Um. So like you know they were they were kissing. You know there was like clear intimacy, and it was almost forced. You know like Adam. Yeah kind of forces Eric onto the ground because they're fighting and holds him down to like start it so that's it's kind of like a shitty first experience yeah. to have um even though I think Eric enjoyed it in the end but yeah. like looking back on it he might not be so thrilled that that was his first sexual experience with somebody right um so that's kind of shitty for Eric yeah <laughs> um true, and true. I love Eric so much that yeah. it just makes me feel bad that that happened to him yeah um that's true but yeah so i mentioned jackson yes and he's an interesting character for me because you definitely kind of always think of like the the successful athletes as having it all you know like they're they're the perfect students with the great home life and there's there's nothing wrong with their lifestyle and the show kind of shows that the stress that probably exists behind a lot of athletes, especially in high school, when you're trying to deal with all of the rest of the shit that comes with being at high school to also have to deal with the stress of being a star athlete on top of that is probably very, very stressful on the student in reality. Oh yeah, Um, it must be. I don't think that was anything I really thought about before, you know, watching Jackson's storyline in the show. Um, Cause I just, you know, I don't like sports and I assume that all athletes are just like, you know, idiots. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's clear that Jackson feels very trapped 
yeah. in this lifestyle and he's not even sure that he wants it it's just something that he's been pressured into by his parents for his whole life right well uh, his one parent at least yeah. well, by, at least by his <laughs> one parent and their relationship also is strange it doesn't even seem like his parents want to be together no and he <laughs> says at one point his parents might be getting a divorce so yeah he's like the glue that holds them together yeah yeah um yeah, it's a weird dynamic. It seems almost like she's more interested in... I think it's just because of the sports thing, but, like, she's very chummy with the coach. But I think it's yeah. just because they're like, we're going to make my son a star athlete because I couldn't right. reach that when I was a kid. Right, and that's you know? kind of what you, you get the feeling of, like, that she somehow failed in a in a goal of being yeah. an athlete in her life. So she's forcing Jackson to achieve that goal for her. Because right. Because it doesn't really seem to be something that he would push himself this hard for if it wasn't for his mother, you know, being behind him and telling him that he has to do these things. Yeah. But I mean, I think Maeve, you know, brought up a valid point that, you know, he should count himself lucky for the sort of environment, like supportive environment he does have. And what he really needs to do is, you know, sit, sit down with his parents and be like, listen, this isn't what I want. Cause it seems like he's quite afraid of, like he's afraid to mention anything about sports to them up until like quite you know near the very end right well like is it really a supportive environment if the people who are around you aren't listening to you though right or yeah. and, you know like i don't feel like he's really being supported at least by the the one mother yeah the one who's like aggressively well, <laughs> after him to right. be a, an athlete well and it then, seems... Go ahead. i was gonna say well in that way it's kind of like adam's family too like it seems like the one mother defaults to the overbearing mother. Right. And so then, yeah, he can't really, like, it's almost, it would be impossible to say, listen, I don't want to swim anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, but he could, like, it's his life. He right. He could take that decision, but he's, like, probably afraid to do so, you know? And it might not even be that he doesn't want to swim anymore. It's just that he doesn't want to be the best, you know? Right. Like, like, okay with not being the best at everything. Yeah. Um. Which is fine. You don't have to be the best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is... Yeah. I don't know. I I like Eric. Or, not Eric. I, li- I do like Eric. I like Jackson sometimes. Um, <laughs> I do think that he clearly manipulated Otis into, like, giving him details. And that... You, you feel that way? Yeah, because... I don't know. It's See, tough. I don't feel like he manipulated into him because like when Otis goes to give him the money back, he says something like, um, Maeve is my friend. I just don't feel comfortable um, giving you this information. And then Jackson's like, yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. I get it. And then, you know, just kind of starts venting about like how confused he is about Maeve. And then Otis is the one like he's comparing her to like a merry-go-round. And then Otis kind of just like snaps because, you know, he's like, he wants to defend her and say, she's not an object, you know? Right. And Jackson's like, whoa, where is this coming from? But yeah. then, like, as Otis starts listing off all these things that she does like, he starts taking notes because this is the information he wanted, but I don't think he was expecting to get it at that point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I was just, it's just frustrating because, like, from the very first scene, he's like, no, I don't want to do this. But then Jackson's, like, unwilling to listen. He's like, I got to go. You yeah. Know? And yeah. so it's kind of like he shoves this 50 pounds in his hand and walks away right and so i don't know and then of course that stirs up a whole bunch of shit you know as we progress what do you feel about mave and jackson's relationship because i think it's weird (laughs) (laughs) i think it's kind of odd too i think it's i think it's almost like a stereotypical thing of like you would expect someone with like the perfect home like the ideally the perfect person or perfect student and sports star and all this thing to like go for the sort of outcast because it's something that's completely different like it's almost also in the unattainable like jackson could be with anyone you know like if he went up to ruby or olivia they'd be like hell yeah right yeah exactly but Maeve, he has to fight for and i think that's the interest in in the whole thing you know yeah and Maeve I think is just confused in general because yeah. you know it, it's revealed that she she can't say that she loves him because she ultimately admits that she doesn't you know right I think that see like I, I can understand it from Jackson's point of view of like wanting to be with Maeve for yeah. like the reasons that you mentioned but I don't understand like why Maeve goes for it right 
I just like she's very kind of clear with him that like this is just sex. It's fine. You know, I don't I don't want anything more than this from you. But then like when he makes this grand gesture, which she claims she didn't like, yeah. like then she kind of falls for him or something. Well, and maybe, and maybe, maybe partly it's sort of the the I've idea. Never of, had anyone do that for her, before. right? Like no one's you know done anything yeah. like that, and also she was kind of put on the spot. So like, yeah, are you gonna walk true. away from like the most popular kid? I don't know. It's um, it's a mixed bag, but. It's, I feel like if she really didn't want to be in a relationship with him, she would have just walked away from him because she's like just that kind of person yeah. that would do it. So like there was a part of her that was more interested in. Well, and Jack. I wonder, I wonder if it has something to do with the abortion and maybe, maybe she felt guilty that she like didn't say anything to him about it or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. Because he still doesn't know about that, you know? No, he doesn't, still doesn't know about that. Um, but it's it's interesting that as soon as they do start dating and becoming more serious all of the things on the mind map that she had said that she kind of likes about him like he's motivated he could be anything he's gonna be the next obama of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's like amy the, we don't have next, presidents in this country <laughs> next president of england <laughs> um all of those sorts of things that she liked about him start falling away and i think partly it's the influence of her brother sean who's like oh it's fine man just like drink a beer and like you know you don't have to listen to your mother's like practice who needs to do that and he just kind of like goes along with it and she kind of not that he becomes a deadbeat but like it seems like he's almost on the path to like throwing everything away and i think that also wasn't what she wanted in him you know she was attracted to his you know passion for sports and blah 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 yeah he kind of loses that Oh, her brother is Ugh. such a terrible person. <laughs> I know. Like, oh my gosh. Not only to like basically have abandoned Maeve before she's capable of really like caring for herself or paying for things. Right. Like good thing that Otis, she noticed like came up with this clinic idea because otherwise she would have lost the trailer. Right. And it's interesting that he shows back up and they don't really give any reason as to why he's back. And then he's, then he abandons her again, you know, at the end of the last episode, he's gone again. And she doesn't seem super surprised by that. Right. It's odd that, um, I was kind of expecting that they would eventually give a reason as to like why he was back. Yeah. But they don't, (laughs) he just leaves again, you know? And just, um, and it kind of seems like that's something she's used to. Right. Yeah. Well, and just the uh, the fact that he, you know, not only did he corrupt Jackson in a way, <clears throat> but he also, you know, went to the school dance where he's not allowed on the premises. Like, he right. knows that. And, you know, he's just, like, dealing drugs, which ultimately Maeve is put under the bus for. Yeah, and you're kind of left with the assumption at the end that she is going to get expelled for that because the headmaster says something like, I don't do bribes or something right um we'll talk so. talk about manipulation because clearly uh jackson decided to swim because he had the idea that mave would be okay right and, and then he's like well forget about her which i think she, he must really care for her because they oh, kind yeah. of broken up before yeah. he defends her and says that i'll only swim if you let her stay kind of thing so he clearly still yeah. cares about her no there's um, like a lot of loyalty and like that sort of try like love triangle yeah because Maeve <laughs> also like refuses to let otis take the fall for any of the stuff right you <laughs> that's know? true too. it's really like a love square if you include ola in uh, it. <laughs> yeah I, my fear with ola i like her a lot but I think she's set up to be like the Karen of the show. Like yeah, the office oh, yeah, is Karen. She's, she's definitely just going to be like the sweet girl who eventually he throws aside for Maeve. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I don't, I'm not convinced that Maeve and Otis are really like the best for each other. You know, they're, right. it's obviously sort of like a missed, like a wrong time type of thing happening. Uh, but Ola like really seems to care for for Otis and yeah but see now if Otis and Ola actually become a thing 
then there's really no hope for Jean and Jakob to get together because right. they can't be both. Yeah, you know, the parents of the kids can't be dating <laughs> too. That's a little weird. So, like, it and is. that's like the the biggest reason that I see Otis, um, get, you know, kind of not ending up with Ola and kind of probably ending up with Maeve is because I think the connection between Jean and Jakob is a lot stronger than the connection between Otis and Ola. Yeah. Um, and well, I like I like their connection. Yeah, and, and me too. And it's it's like Jean is finally getting over her divorce and being right. like, oh, I could see myself actually being with someone instead of just sleeping with random clients. Right, because <laughs> Jean is definitely like sleeps around a lot you kind of get yeah. the impression that otis is very used to like waking up in the morning and having like a different guy eating breakfast at the table <laughs> <laughs> like this doesn't even phase him anymore um and i think that the way she describes Jakob at the end like when he asks her like what have you observed about me and she describes him as being somebody who you know moves on to the next conquest before you know any intimacy can really develop like she's really describing herself when she's talking yeah. about that because that that is who she is you know she is afraid to become attached she's afraid of monogamy um probably because her last marriage ended because her husband cheated on her so like she has yeah. that fear um that i don't think she realizes until otis or really like confronts her about being a hypocrite <laughs> and she like is forced to face the fact that she is right um but I I think that Jean and Jakob will go places. I don't I think, think Otis so too. <laughs> well, then you know she was she was trying to be the good person and be and you know directly tell Jakob that she they can't basically, right. and yet they because... still end up sleeping together presumably yeah. because they're at least making out in the doorway. Yeah, I, I think we can assume at least <laughs> more. <laughs> But that's what I mean. Like, I think their connection is more sincere and more real yeah. than the connection that Otis and Ola have. And yeah. I mean, you could argue because it's just because the two kids are in high school. But like, I think that it's you're meant to see it as like Jean and has found her person. And yeah. That's, it's going to be Jakob, you know, like right. that's who she's going to end up with in the show. So that kind of means that Otis can't end up with Ola. Right. Well, <laughs> that's kind of like it, it's also like for um, for Ola she's the first person who expressed an actual interest in otis not like yeah. not like lily who just wanted to sleep with him because he was <laughs> you know had a dick but you know because they have similar interests and like this is the first time that you know a girl who is actually like interested in right. him as far as he knows um so i can under you know it's kind of like his first real relationship in that way but that's only because he had this fight with Maeve and he, you know, accepted the fact that she's the lioness. She's out of reach. Right. But of course, at the end, you know, she comes like traipsing to his house of and course. like happens to be happens to get there right as they're making out. Right. Of course. Um, <laughs> Which I mean, like, I think that's the first time we know for sure that she really does like Otis. Yeah. But it's pretty obvious, like all along. Oh, yeah. And I love the little <laughs> snippets of like them sort of like having the moment in the pool them like her picking up his shirt his like sweater and sniffing it and then she's like yeah. what am i doing and like yeah. it down. <laughs> like it's fun watching Maeve not realize or like avoid realizing that she likes otis right and i also don't think that she was willing to believe that otis liked her but then at the dance when he's like yeah. talking to that talking that guy down who wants to like jump off the moon um <laughs> <laughs> like she realizes that everything he's saying is about her and, exactly you know that you can that kind of hits home for her i think um yeah <laughs> and then she's like not so you know not she's blatantly just staring at him like enthralled the whole time and jackson sees that and is like yeah. oh which that that's also weird to me because then jackson still goes back home goes to her after he has the fight with his parents yeah. um so like even though he knows that she's interested in otis clearly like he's not willing to give up on her yeah is also strange to me because like if you know the person that you're dating is super interested in somebody else it's probably not something you should continue pursuing. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um 
Yeah. It's true. <laughs> I'm trying going through my notes. I don't know that I've got much else to talk about. We hit all the main things. Um, well, all we do. Topics. We do have uh, at the very end. So at post uh, makeout session with Ola, we have Otis with an erection. Oh, yes, that's uh, true. <laughs> and so then the, the climax of the show, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> and then he, uh, you know, has a floating out of bed experience. <laughs> a, fl- a floating out of bed orgasm with no disgust on his face. Well, I mean, his face was pretty creepy. (laughs) I mean, he was, you know, (laughs) I guess meant to be making sort of like, you know, orgasm pleasure faces. I don't know. It's just so funny. I don't think that's that's a normal face to make when you're having an orgasm. (laughs) I think it's hilarious. It was very funny. But I guess we're, you know, we don't see the end, but we presume that he was able to finally... Well, you, we don't see the end, but when it cuts to the credits, you hear, like, this big explosion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, I think we're definitely to assume that he finally has his first orgasm that was not yeah. a nocturnal admission. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of that, <laughs> I couldn't imagine, like, going back to my house and having all the women from the Kegel class be like, <laughs> we heard about your mission. Like, oh, my God. You know? He's just that like, would be what? Horrible. Well, that's just like one of the many examples of when his mother crosses the line. She should not yeah. have gone into his room and like cleaned his sheet for him. Like, right. Just or just like snooped around him. his stuff in general, you know? Ah, Jean. Mm-hmm. Oh, and ah, I, Jean. I, I did like when she uh, went to the party, though, to like deliver his inhaler, but really just to check on him. And she yeah. like ends up getting stuck in the car. Yeah. Oh, man. She's just so funny. Yeah, she she definitely is having trouble <clears throat> accepting the fact that he's like becoming an adult and doesn't want her to be like in every part of his life anymore. You know, right. <laughs> he doesn't want to talk to her about his nocturnal emissions or his masturbation. You know, right? <laughs> Which well, I think it, is normal for a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's just like. You know, she expects him to be open because they've always had this sort of like open dialogue at home. Right. But not like he's willing to listen to other people's issues or like things about her patients, but he's not in a place to be talking about himself. And I think by the end of the season, like I think Jean gets that finally. Right. You know, after she's written a whole book about him. Right. (laughs) I hope she does not publish that book. I know. I did love that part at the end, towards the end when. Jean comes to school and like they're chatting and she's like, you know, you know, I was wrong. Like you're not dysfunctional. You're not blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, no, I am like blah, blah, blah. This is this and this. And he's saying like something like I'm not normal. And she's like, no, you are normal. You know, it's just that was a very touching scene that almost had me in tears too. I was like, it does something like you're 16. You're not supposed to know the answers to anything. You don't need to know all of these things at this age you don't have to be at any specific point of your sexual development you know if you don't want to masturbate yet that's fine you know yeah <laughs> find your own way with that and that apology reminds him that he needs to apologize to Maeve which right. he does in a great way too by you know stealing that trophy scratching out Adam's name and putting hers right. and writing her well, a nice little letter he needed to apologize to Maeve and to Ola, and I think the way yeah. he apologizes to both of them is good and cute. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but, um, Being assaulted by an old woman in the store. <laughs> yeah, it was like <laughs> buying cat food to be like, I'm buying all this cat food because I like house cats. I know. A lot better than plants, you know, like, oh, yeah. that is cute. It was very cute, yeah. <laughs> She's like, is this supposed to be romantic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, loved it. I I did like at the very end too. After Maeve saw Otis and Ola together, and she goes home, Amy's waiting on the steps for her, and yeah. she's like, "I'm gonna learn how to play Scabby Queen," you know. Yeah. So she's like, she didn't get. She kind of maybe lost Jackson as a boyfriend. She definitely doesn't have Otis, but like, she finally has like a, her best friend, basically, who's willing to be open and be like, "Yeah, we are best friends. I'm okay right. if people catch us together." Right, she like um, Amy kind of admits to 
Ruby and the others that like she just says I'm breaking up with you guys to be with you know Maeve basically yeah you know, this is my real best friend you guys are all shit <laughs> yeah but she's a <laughs> slag is, I'm a slag it too really sad if it had ended with like Maeve just going back to an empty trailer by herself so right. it was nice that Amy was waiting there for her yeah I meant to look up what scabby queen is because it, it was like it's just, is it meant to be hearts. I, I think maybe like a two-player version of Hearts okay. is kind of what I got because it seemed at the end you didn't want to be holding the queen, which right. is kind of what it is with Hearts as well. Yeah. But um, but with Hearts it's you know four players and you play more than one round per game and I think that it's like a two-player version where it's only one one round per hand somehow. Like okay. the game is concluded in one hand. Yeah. Like Remy. Um, Fair. But not like Euchre or something where you play multiple hands for the same game. Yeah. Um, I guess the the one of the last things I wanted to mention was the whole, like, arc with Lily. Because I think Lily ended up being an interesting character for the development, in a way, of both Eric and Otis. Yeah. Because, of course, like... <laughs> She's clearly just oblivious because she, you know, wants to sleep with Eric immediately. And she's like <laughs> well, she licking her clarinet and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so she gets there and is like, just gets naked and Eric's just <laughs> aghast <laughs> at everything that's happening. But then they end up He's like, like playing. Gay. <laughs> oh, fuck. <You> really? <laughs> and they want to, and then they end up playing dress up and stuff. And yeah. he just, you know, loves the fact that someone comes over and like wants to do that. Right. Yeah. And God, they ended up watching rimming and his dad walks in which is, and i love that she comes in she's like I'm, I'm the one who wanted to see the rimming yeah. <laughs> um but i like that and then i like that she and otis do try to like sleep together first of all because it gives like one of the most awkward lanky dancing scenes that i've seen oh in any God. show ever yes <laughs> and um and then you know she when she comes to him for actual like therapy help, it does help him also to realize that it's kind of okay developmentally if he's not ready for this stuff too. Right. Because I think he did harbor some sort of like shame for that, you know. Right. But then he's like, it's okay if we're not ready. And I think that with Lily's character, you originally kind of are led to believe that she wants just wants to have sex so she knows what it feels yeah. like because she's writing all of these like erotic alien <laughs> um comics and she doesn't know how to describe in them what it feels like to be having sex because she's never had sex and i'm like girl just get a dildo right <laughs> <laughs> but like you kind of find out later on um that she, it's not just that like she feels like she will be left behind if she doesn't have sex before high school is over so right. she's like almost desperate to find somebody to sleep with so that she can just get it like the way she describes it is just she can just get it over with like right and i like well that's you know probably not the best reason to have sex and it's okay if you graduate high school and haven't had sex that's perfectly normal and fine too <laughs> right exactly Oh man, talk about like the most elaborate first time though with the costumes oh, and set. She's like the costumes from the set were perfect. Like <laughs> And he's just like, "What?" <laughs> oh lord. Oh, that was fun. Um I'd love that she found somebody who was like willing to go along with that before her vag got locked jaw. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Um, I guess the last thing I'll say about Vag is the, <laughs> I liked when the video, er, so Olivia sent Ruby's photo yeah. everywhere. And I did like the part at the end when to like make it up to her, she stands up and is like, it's my vagina. And yeah. then like, it starts like, and you everyone know, else stands up yeah. and says, it's my vagina. Right. I that liked that cute. part. Yeah. I don't know how realistic that is of a high school for everybody to like band together that way, but right. <laughs> but I did appreciate it. Yeah. But yeah, I can't think of anything else that I'm. We definitely touched on all of my talking points that I had wrote down in all of the different aspects of the characters that I liked and didn't like. So yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Do you have any lingering quotes you want to throw out there? Well, you look like an angry aubergine. 
<laughs> which was said by Sean, who I don't really like, but yeah. at the same time, it was a good quote. <laughs> it wasn't fucking funny when I pushed you out of my vagina either. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, speaking of that, I love that he went through the trouble to print out her entire thing, mark it up with everything that he hated yeah. about it. It's like, this is and then, perfect. Like, criticize her um, limited vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> you need to get up before us. Oh man. I like, I think Maeve said this. Uh, she referred to Otis as this. She was just like, hey, piss flaps. be proud of your penis (laughs) you're you're so wise like an old owl (laughs) said adam to gene i did appreciate when amy said i think he's peacocking but with words (laughs) (laughs) i'm like girl that's the best kind of peacocking i just like the use of british slang for things too like when adam's at uh gene and otis's place and he's like why is there a minge on your wall yeah and then like when on the tv he's like there's a ball 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 bag on the tv ball bag (laughs) (laughs) i like that otis like tried to pretend that it was porn porn. (laughs) yeah he's like a bit old school (laughs) and like it just says sex anatomy on the dvd (laughs) (laughs) oh my god when they showed up to amy's place to look for to find out who sent the picture and she's like Oh my god, am I riddled with worms now? <laughs> Is this a sex thing? Does he have worms? Do I have worms now? <laughs> Has he given them to me? Am I riddled with worms now? <laughs> I don't think you get worms from having sex. Yeah. See, another instance of lack of sex education. <laughs> you don't get worms from having sex. That's not an STD. That's like if you're playing in someone's shit. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, I did like Amy saying, I want to crump it after. Her first <laughs> masturbation uh, session. We've all been there, girl. Yeah. I did like uh, when Maeve said, pessimists uh, outlive optimists. And Otis said, I guess we're in it for the long haul then. Yeah. It's like, ah, being together as pessimists, but not in a relationship. Because I'm certainly an optimist. <laughs> Must be all die young. <laughs> but I'm, I'm optimistic that I won't. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Oh, I think when Otis asked uh, uh, Eric to dance and he's just like, I think you are the coolest, bravest, and kindest person I know. It's like, oh. Uh, Lily saying, my vagina has betrayed me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I liked when Eric, speaking of the dance, when they're try- starting to dance and Eric's just like, okay, and like grabs him and pulls him in. And he's like, I think uh, clearly I'm the one who will lead or something like yeah. that. So I don't remember exactly what his words were. but <laughs> I love that too. Uh, he is the leader of the friendship. <laughs> all right. I think that's all my quotes. That's all my quotes as well. Awesome. Well, I think that leaves us with a glowing review of the yeah, show. Yeah, definitely. I don't. I don't have really have much negative things to say about the show at all. Um, really, highly recommend it. I think it's a yeah. good show in a lot of ways, um, and I can't wait to see season two. Yeah. And it's so short that you can binge it in a single day if you want. <laughs> and if you're really ambitious, you can binge it twice in two days. <laughs> Come on, take on my challenge. <laughs> so um, next episode will be a bit of a special one. Madison, it you can explain. <laughs> Indeed. So next episode, spoiler alert, um <laughs> my my boyfriend Subi will be joining myself um but not Jamie. <laughs> so it'll be a two person episode again as well but it'll be not Jamie and with me with my boyfriend Subi and we'll be discussing something that is a little out of season but it's something that we watched during the holidays and wanted to discuss and never had the time to. Um, we're going to talk about Netflix originals, um, The Christmas Prince and the sequel, The Christmas Prince, A Royal Wedding. Um, and we're watching them in a definite ironic way. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely recommend if you're gonna go out and watch them to turn on um, the feature on the video called Audio Visual Captions. So it's basically, instead of having like subtitles for somebody who's deaf they're um 
visual subtitles essentially for somebody who's blind so there's a voiceover that describes what the characters are doing <laughs> like while they're while they're doing it and it is hilarious <laughs> to to watch the show in that way um so yeah it should be a super weird and interesting episode so tune in. <laughs> i don't even know that you necessarily have to watch the shows ahead of time if you don't want to since it's not christmas but um we'll be rewatching them there you go <laughs> so be like, why are people rewatching these in february but so uh yep so that's what we'll do next week and if you have an idea of another show or series that you would like to us to work on for the week afterwards this will give you two weeks to send us a tweet (laughs) yep uh, on twitter at nno podcast or send us an email at navigating Netflix originals at gmail.com. And we do want to give a special shout out <laughs> to Belgium today. Um, we got an email from some automated source on, <laughs> I don't even know who it was from, informing us that we are now ranked number 290 <laughs> on Belgium's iTunes podcast chart. So to like the one listener who has downloaded <laughs> us three times in Belgium, Thank you. Yeah. Merci. We're, we are on the charts. Danke. <laughs> we are very appreciative. Indeed. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so everyone, Pete, please feel free to contact us, and we'll look forward to hearing from you. Clearly, you can see we're desperate for suggestions. We're going back to Christmas for our next episode because you guys haven't contacted us yet <laughs> with new ideas. <laughs> yeah. No, we're actually doing it because we wanted to do it at the time and just never had the opportunity to record until now. He's a busy guy. He's a doctor. True, true, true. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Yes, thanks, everyone. Like it's a radio show. Yes. (laughs) All righty. Bye. Bye.